Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 106 of The Yacking Show. This is the show for awakening you to new perspectives for surviving in the changing world we find ourselves in. <clears throat> if you like our show, we'd ask you to subscribe to the channel you're watching or listening on. And that will help us get our guests more exposure. And you might be a guest one day and you need the exposure. So please, if you like the show and you won't miss the next episode by doing that. As always, we have interesting guests for you. Today is, is no exception, but it's not my job to introduce our guest. Kathleen does it so much better than I do. So let me welcome my co-host Kathleen Beauvais in Waterloo. How are you today, Kathleen? I'm doing great, Peter, and I, the sun is shining right now, so I'm taking it all in. It's a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you, and we love reading your comments, so do please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today, and I'm really excited to have her on. Please welcome to the show, Heather Odendahl. Oh, hello, Heather. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank uh, Kathleen. Thank you for having me today. Now, you are the co-founder of W North. It's a global organization dedicated to the development of women in mid-career on a trajectory towards senior executive leadership. Can you please tell our audience a little bit about your background and explain what W North is and what made you decide to start this organization? Wonderful. Well, yeah, so I guess I could go back to um, the beginning of W North. I was uh, working for a Fortune 500 company um, in a mid-level position, and I was really looking to um, elevate my leadership skills. I, had, I was driven, I was ambitious, I had big visions. And I went seeking a community or an organization or a conference that I could go and find like-minded leaders and get the leadership development that was necessary to get that next promotion. And I wasn't successful in finding a space um, for that kind of mid-level. There was a lot of programs aimed at entry-level positions, and there were a lot of programs aimed at very senior women. And so in 2015, I started the W North Conference. That was my first um, foray into this space. And the conference happened annually. It still does when it's safe to do so in Whistler and brought together women from across North America who are in senior manager, director and VP level positions and scaling entrepreneurs. And we brought in inspiring speakers, workshops and continue to do development workshops now um, online. So we have evolved from just the conference. And for three years now, we've had a global online membership serving women who wish to develop their leadership skills and to connect with other like-minded leaders. Because one of the things that we do know is that the higher you get up, the lonelier it gets for women. Mm -hmm. And so in some of the cases, our members are in fairly male-dominated sectors, mm -hmm. and they're just looking for peers to connect with. So that's a little bit about our organization. We'll get into some more details, but um, we're uh, our website is W North Connect, which you know brings all of our members together, and it uh, now we're, we're executing everything virtually. Wonderful. 
Wow. Um, we were going to ask you why you concentrated on mid-wear, women in mid-career, but I think you've, you've covered that reasonably well there. Um, so let me throw a curveball at you. Do, you. do you think women have a much more, mid-career women have a much more difficult problem getting ahead than mid-career men? I mean, that sounds like an obvious answer, but um, is, there, is it that obvious? Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. And, you know, I think one of the things, um, and this is not all women mid-career, but there is a large majority of women who are starting families um, and are working parents. And one of the things that I, I do like to acknowledge is that I try to use the language working parents as much as possible, mm -hmm. as opposed to just working mothers, because we have seen a cultural shift where there has been a lot more men um, taking an active part in, um, in their children's lives. And so I do believe there is, um, you know, there needs to be support for that mid-level um, manager, mid-level um, executive mm -hmm. um, professional um, across the board, men and women. Women definitely um, are disproportionately affected at that, um, uh, at that level. And we're also seeing the statistics where women are not being nurtured in that pipeline and so the conversation comes up a lot. Well, you know, there's only 4% of women um, CEOs in Fortune 500 companies. And that statistic kind of was a catalyst that launched me into asking the questions, well, why? And all of the statistics point to this drop-off. And, you know, we're seeing it even more so right now. And I know we're going to get into that again. So um, in the, some of the other questions, but I definitely think um, both are affected, um, but definitely more women more disproportionate. Sure. Okay. That, I can understand that. How did the uh, pandemic affect W North? Was, were there any adjustments that had to be made over the past year? What, uh, lots. <laughs> so our, a big part of our business is the conference. And we were all set to host a sold out sixth conference in the April uh, of 2020. Oh. And so we had 200 women from across North America, many flying in, um, but hotels booked, everything. Oh. And uh, in early March 2020, uh, we had to make the difficult decision um, to uh, postpone, um, which we initially postponed until October. Um, but it was a few weeks or months later where it was very clear that it was, uh, we were going to go virtual. So we uh, pivoted, that famous word right now, we pivoted to a virtual um, experience and we did as much as we could to uh, provide value for, um, our, for our members and for our attendees. So we actually, in about uh, four weeks, created an online course wow. with six modules supporting um, these women as well as the virtual conference. And then we took a whole bunch of female founded items um, that we normally would do in our gift bags and we packaged it up and we shipped it across Canada to all of our, and the US actually, to all of our attendees. So, you know, lots of work, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it must be so much easier to do a virtual conference. Um, I will tell them, that, <laughs> I will challenge them that uh, there are many different pieces, especially if you want to try and deliver that same experience as best sure. you can. 
Yeah, yeah, I can I can imagine. I can imagine. I know we're going to get on to how people can contact you a little later in the show, but for women who are watching who would like to be a member, so there's there's two questions in one here. How does how do people become members and what are the qualifications for becoming a member? Wonderful. Yeah, it's a great question. So we are looking for um, women who have been in a professional capacity for a minimum of five to eight years mm -hmm. and who have visions for um, promotion or to, to grow their company in the next five years. Um, so we ask you know, a few qualifying questions and we have applications on our website, wnorthconnect.com. Um, and the second part of your question was um, what they could um, hope to experience. So W North has two memberships. We have our networking kind of mastermind membership which includes access to a program that we launched almost three years ago virtually. And it is, I'd say one of our signature pro uh, products. And that is the, um, a gathering of five curated women in your group with a facilitator. And you meet um, every two weeks. And it's really an accountability and a peer mentorship opportunity. Mm -hmm. So this is all held on Zoom. And, you know, it's a really great opportunity to talk through issues that you may be having in your place of business, um, to talk personal issues. And it becomes, many of our members have become really great friends through this process. So that is our networking membership. We also have a, um, a digital membership, which is uh, a more approachable price point for those who want to digest um, some of our workshops and online content. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Wow, very good. Can you tell us um, about the work your team is doing to create more support structures for women in the workforce? Yes, so I have, um, I have become quite uh, an advocate as of late for creating some systemic change with regards to um, traditional structures that are keeping women um, from staying in the workforce. And I'll give you an example, one of um, especially in the last few weeks with regards to the pandemic, I'm very passionate about getting women back into the workforce. Um, one, uh, about, I'd say 20% of our members are currently um, not working for various reasons, whether that is um, childcare um, challenges, they have, um, they have left their jobs voluntarily um, due to challenges, or um, they're, they're just in a position where um, they needed to take a step back. And so what I'm really focused on right now is getting um, companies to adopt to ways that would bring those women back. As an example, there are very few professional jobs posted in Canada for um, less than 40 hours a week. Um, why is that? There are, you know, there are so many skilled women and men who may not be able to commit to that type of um, uh, a full-time job and uh, a company that I just um, connected with out of the UK, Rollshare, um, is creating a um, incredible opportunity where Rollshare is a matchmaking, um, a matchmaking, mm. professional matchmaking um, uh, online platform where you find somebody who has a similar skill set to you and you co-apply for positions. So many uh, companies may be hesitant to you know, post positions that are less than 40 hours a week because many of the targets will be 
um, they, they want to be fair across all of the positions and targets need to be, and especially maybe sales, they need to be consistent. So role sharing is something that I'm really also passionate about bringing to light in Canada and through this company that I've recently found, um, they are enabling, they're enabling men, women and men to find women to, or people to co-apply for positions with them. Now, are these remote positions then? So many, many would be. I mean, the uh, initial, a lot of their initial companies are tech companies. Tech companies traditionally um, adapt and adopt these types of practices earlier than the rest of, um, I'd say, corporate organizations. But I do believe that now with the pandemic and even in the last two months where it's really come to light that remote positions are here to stay, mm -hmm. I do um, I do really advocate for creating more flexible uh, work structures that would be more attractive to getting women back into the workforce. Excellent. Mm -hmm. that, that's a really good idea. I, I'd like to um, look at that link. It's called Will Share, is it? Role Share. R O L E Share. Oh, yeah. roll share. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Very good idea. Super. So let's ask you a personal question. How do you yourself balance motherhood and uh, high powered career? So it's a great question. And, you know, when I saw this question, I, I really wanted to share a story. Um, and the story is around, you know, the, the child care issues that many women have faced um, in Canada during the pan pandemic. Um, the, the, as we all know, the daycares were closed for several months. Um, that was uh, an interesting time in my husband and I's lives. We have a two-year-old and a five-year-old wow. um, who at the time were a one and four um, and a very, very busy time. Coming into August, things were opening up. The daycares had been open for a few, a few months and we were starting to get into cold and flu season. Um, closer to maybe September. My daughter got quite sick as most 18 month olds do. And she had snotty noses. She had all of these symptoms that, you know, having already gone through this with my other child, I know that this is all symptomatic of, of what we go through when we have daycare. But she was not able to, for various symptoms, be able to go to daycare for almost two months. Wow. And so we were paying for full-time daycare, but not re reaping the benefits of any of the daycare. So we ended up dialing, dialing back her daycare um, uh, admi uh, admission. To, so she's in two days a week. We since haven't been able to get her back up to those five days a week. So she's with us two days a week. Well, my, my son is in kindergarten, so we have full-time care. So it's been an interesting battle. And it's, it's just one story. That's just my story um, of how COVID has affected, you know, a lot of people don't always hear uh -huh. those sides of the story and you hear, well, but the daycares are open. Well, the daycares are very full and there's no movement. There's very, very few activities available for uh, many people are pulling their kids out of daycare and doing activities. So many, many different factors are making it extremely difficult for working mm -hmm. families at the moment. As to the answer of how I'm handled, one day at a time. <laughs> and I wake up very early sometimes. This morning, my husband and I woke up at 4 a.m. 
because we knew we had our daughter and we had some work, we're working toward the deadline. And so we woke up at 4 a.m. to get work done. And we, by 7 a.m., we had three hours of uninterrupted time. So you do things that you may not have done pre-pandemic to make it work. Wow. Well done. Yeah, my, uh, I, I'm long past those, as you can see from my age, long past those days with my kids. So I, uh, I feel for you. But well done handling it. Kathleen, back to you. Well, I think you answered my next question about the COVID, but so I'll go on and ask you what your predictions are for the future of events of the events industry post COVID. Yes. So it's a great question. And, you know, especially with a vir virtual events, you, you hear the, uh, the terminology, like I'm zoomed out right now. There, there is a lot of that. Well, one of the other things I'm noticing is people are just really missing that personal connection. Some of the most popular events online right now are those ones with five or six people on the screen. So breakouts. And I think what's, what events look like post COVID and when we're actually safe to gather again is I think that they will be focused on smaller curated groups. You know, we have always taken that approach with W North. We've always had um, our, our leadership masterminds capped at five. We do connect dinners when it's safe to do so with maximum of 24 people and our conferences capped at 200 people. And so in, ironically, I went to a conference in San Diego about uh, February, 2020. So only a few weeks before everything shut down in Canada. And there were 7,000 people at this wow. women's leadership conference in San Diego. Sorry, it wasn't San Diego, it was San Jose. Um, and right in the middle of Silicon Valley. And we had heard the rumblings of what was going on in Asia and things were starting, you know, I, I was flying, but I was wearing a mask and, and it was, I think I felt pretty uncomfortable um, having, you know, 7,000 people in the room, but we hadn't got to that stage yet. I do think it's going to take a long time or a fair amount of time where people feel comfortable going to a convention that's, you know, got that many people. I don't know if, if that's going to be everybody, but I do think that people might seek out smaller or um, more curated events and conferences that serve a particular demographic so that the networking is a very high quality that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So <clears throat> we're just talking uh, the changes to the digital, digital world. You know, a lot of people have difficulty networking in real time, face to face. A lot of people hate going to networking, but realize they need to. And some of those people find it even more awkward on virtual events. So what, what advice have you got for people who need to get into the virtual networking world? Yeah, so it's a great question. There is um, an interesting statistic that I've just found um, recently around the virtual events right now. Only 18% of people attending virtual events go with the number one objective to network. The number one objective they go to is to learn. And when you're going to an in-person event, 72% of people go with the number one objective to network yeah. and less so to learn. So online events are actually attracting a different type of audience. And my best advice to networking online would be to very clearly identify and go to events that you know have an intention of networking. 
make sure you know whether the event is a Zoom meeting style or a workshop where you can see other people and, and, um, and interact with them ideally. Or if it's a webinar, if that's not probably, that's likely not going to be a good um, use of your time. So finding out the medium in which the event is delivered is key and also looking for those cues that show that this event is really focused on networking. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's such good information because, and I'll just give you my opinion on this. Um, I also own a tech company called Carry Tech Solutions. And what I found, especially in a sales position where you're trying to, to you know, connect with other companies and, and people that are in need of software development and app development, it's been very difficult to do that online because usually the initial connection is in a cafe, having a coffee, sitting face to face with someone, and then you can have, you know, a follow up call perhaps on on Zoom. But that initial connection is I'm finding much more difficult um, in a virtual world. And um, I was trying to figure out well, how do we break that barrier? How do we how do we make that initial connection on Zoom and make it still personable, you know? I have an answer for you. So the, it's, the, it's called the spontaneous connection. Mm-hmm. And the best way to replicate that in a virtual space is actually through authentic, connect, uh, in authentic introductions. So this mm-hmm. is a practice that I try to do as much as I can, which is make five introductions a week. So, um, and others do it for me as well. So having a conversation about with someone else about um, something that's related to Kathleen's business. So I decide to introduce you, um, uh, person X over here to Kathleen. And that all, even over email is a very powerful tool. And I would say that is, um, that is the best replacement for that spontaneous connection that you're talking about that happens in real life. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it does re- rely on others to make that action. But if you put the offer for introductions out there, or you can also request them. So if you have a mutual friend on LinkedIn doing a little bit of digging, it's just a more powerful way of getting their attention. Excellent, thank you. And and you being on the show is a case is an is an example because um, thanks to Charlotte we met you as a, an introduction and we've had uh, I had a guess ten or twelve guests on the show who've been introduced by other guests or publicists or something from that initial introduction. So amazing. Well, I'll make some more introductions. Thank you. And and I think now's a good time to talk about Charlotte, who you work with, and give her a big shout out for the am- tremendous amount of work she puts in for her clients. So well yes. done, Charlotte. And anyone Charlotte, looking- Lena Rose PR. That's in right. Los Angeles. Anyone who wants a good PR agency, get hold of Charlotte. Uh, <clears throat> there was something I wanted to ask you, which is, is not part of what we, we'd planned, but we've got a couple of minutes in hand. So there's, there's actually two quick ones I want to ask. So that was, there's many men who, never, who don't aspire to be CEOs or senior executives, who, who have no hope of ever being one, who don't even want to be an entrepreneur, who are quite happy to work a nine to five job. And, and that, that's their lot in life. And no one criticizes them. But it seems mm-hmm. to be that, some women tell me they feel that they're, 
a sort of sense of letting the side down if they don't aspire to get higher, but they're quite comfortable where they are. So my comment was that I think women in that position who are happy where they are are viewed in a, through a harsher lens than men in the same circumstances. So am I on track with that observation or, or am I being a little bit too harsh there? Um, so I don't see that as much. Okay. Um, I definitely do see a... I do see a group um, or a demographic of women who are comfortable in their roles. And, and there are a lot of reasons that that works um, beautifully for a certain time mm -hmm. in their life. And um, especially when you have young children. Um, and one of the things that I want to acknowledge is, you know, when we talk about our purpose at W North, we definitely want to address that career success is what success looks like for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, when we talk about this kind of upward trajectory, that doesn't always have to be C-suite. It can be a movement to entrepreneurship. It can be um, a movement. A lot of our programs, we talk about professional development, but we also talk about personal development. We talk about building up your wealth um, and investing. You know, that is something that you could stay the course in a role that you love, but builds a nest egg for you by finding out more about investing. So there are yeah. other sort of professional slash personal improvements that you can make. So not exactly answering your question, I, I definitely, um, I, I do think there is, women do face criticism more than men for a number of different reasons. Mm -hmm. So where you're, what you're seeing I'm not surprised. Yeah, um, okay. I do believe that there's some really positive things that come from staying the course in a role that you love. Um, but I, I, I'm committed to always improvement. So of if that's personal improvement or professional improvement. Yeah, no, thank you. Good. And I like the way that you were approaching that with W North. That's, that's great. And then I, Kathleen, I have time for another quick one. Yes, go ahead. Here. So Heather, here's a question that we ask most of the successful guests we have on the show. If you were to look at the successful people you've come across in business and in life in general, men and women, is there one characteristic that stands out that separates them from the average? Is there one thing in your mind that, that differentiates that? I, I would say empathy mm -hmm. and sort of understanding their people. Um, that would be the one word. Wow, very good. I've got to tell you that we ask a lot of people that question, and I think there's perhaps five or six characteristics that come out, and that one has come up before. Um, okay. Yeah. So thank you for that. Excellent. Good advice for our audience. Yeah. That's enough for me. Back to Kathleen. One more question, the word, a couple more. Tell us what is next for you and W North. Yes. So we are, you know, we've, we've been a, we're a year into the pandemic. Uh, our, we launched a new platform in April of 2020. Mm -hmm. So we've actually tripled the size of our membership over the last year. Mm -hmm. And so we are, and we plan to uh, triple it once more before the end of this year. So mm -hmm. we are growing our membership. We are growing our programs and we um, having our second cohort of that, that leadership course that we developed. So that's our Leadership 360 course, which um, we'll be running this 
in um, next month. So we are really still continuing to focus on virtual programming. Our hope is that we can return to Whistler in person for our 2022 conference in the spring of next year. So working towards that goal and in the meantime, staying safe and staying online. So yeah, I think if anyone is interested in hearing more about um, our programs, wnorthconnect.com is our website. And that is the best way for people to connect with you is through the website then? Yes, and if they're, if they're on Instagram, it's at wnorthconnect.com, or sorry, at wnorthconnect. And I'm also on Instagram at Heather Odendahl. And I'm happy to chat um, over there and you speak with me because we, um, we're a small group here. So I'd love to, uh, I'd love to hear from you. Right. Oh, my goodness, it's been an absolute delight, Heather. We are out of time. So thank you so much for joining us today. We so appreciate you. And uh, thank you all so much out there for tuning into our show. We love reading your comments, so please keep them coming. And if anyone out there again is interested in being a guest on the show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And until next time, take care everyone. Bye-bye. Goodbye everyone.